Welcome to the Chicago Beef League. This is Chip Streif, uh, owner of the mighty, mighty Fernie Willow. I'm joined by um, uh, a feeble uh, individual known as uh, Alex, the owner of the uh, Brute Squad. Would you like to say hello? Yeah, yeah. hey, buddy. Feeble. I'm just feeble entirely. So. Yes. Well, I should say my wonderful friend. I suppose um, okay. that, that's okay. how that's I should have said this, but I felt um, being given just a foreshadowing. Uh, I just had to give you a little dig ahead of uh, all the disparaging comments you're about to make. Yeah, no, I was going to say you, you're talking about your team here. Like it's good. And um, for those listening, we're going to pick up kind of where we left off last year, uh, last week, where I'm just going to rip on Chip's team a little bit today and see if he can defend himself somehow. Um so that's one of our topics. Um, Would you like to share the rest of the uh, agenda for today? Usually do uh, with just a, an update on what's happening this week and a brief outlook into next week. Some of the matchups. Uh, we also Chip is bringing back his stats corner. Uh, <laughs> so that we all have that to look forward to. Uh, and we're going to end this week with uh, something I like to call the Muncie exercise. So mm. uh, stay tuned. There's a little twist to the end that I didn't share with Chip yet. But <laughs> everyone uh, get excited. Uh, they will. This is, you know, you guys are going to have to, we're going to make this really long. So it dra- like drags out to three hours. So you got no, no, we have a uh, deadline. All right, man, let's jump in. This okay. week, you're probably losing. So last, I'm sorry, I do want to interject. We're already going off off our uh, agenda here. Last week was pretty weird in that we had, there was only one blowout last week. And that was Chip's team. Okay, okay, let's slow down. It wasn't a blowout. It was a very close matchup that ended up seven and a half, two and a half. One homer difference, one run difference, tied in stolen bases. Very close in OBP, very close in ERA, like very close in Caper 9. No, there's no metric in which that's a close matchup. And specifically, this in this week, uh, Rhino and I, so Autovish and I, tied 5-5. I won the tiebreaker there. Mm -hmm. Canucks, uh, the Kamish, tied with low low, 5-5. Senegal, tied with the Battle of Evermore and Jay, 5-5. And SM and Auto Dave tied 5 5. So there were, of, of all the teams, I've never seen this before where we've had four of the six matchups tied and determined by our tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. The other matchup was a five and a half to four and a half. That's a mm-hmm. very close matchup. It was. It Yours, was. seven and a half. That loss to Ken is that is a trouncing last week. Well, yeah. So uh, just. Maybe you're gonna you're gonna assume this is just me uh, uh, trying to coach myself down and, and not from uh, killing myself. But it's fire sale time, man. <laughs> my my breakdown actually improved. <laughs> it's fire sale time, and no. so I actually I, I believe I had one of the better breakdowns this week, even though I lost. So it's fire sale time. Breakdown no. means nothing. We talked about nope. that last week. So anyway, just quickly with it. the standings, Josh is still six and one. He's in first place. Second place alone is somehow miraculously Team Sunical at five and two. Auto Dave and uh, Chen, myself and Ken are all tied in third place with a four and three record and fourth place, we have a four way tie, which is the commish Fernie Willow, real girls going wild and S and M and second to last, uh, all alone by himself with himself is battle of more and our custodian of records and auto is at, uh, at the bottom at one and six. Okay. So, Sorry, that was a bit well, longer I, recap, can, but one one last. I just I think we should, uh, in the near future, talk about Jay's team at two and five. I think there's more to it than it just a bad start or something like that. There's something there. There, we'll work on Jay's team in the coming weeks here. Yeah, uh, I I'm just going to preface it by saying every year I've come on, I just 
don't like any of his players. I've said that. I've been very clear. It's like white bread and American cheese sandwich. Like, and this year they're playing like Wait, it. Full hold on. Are you talking craft American cheese? What, what were you talking about? Generic. Like I mean, Kroger brand ooh. American cheese. So this okay. week we have, uh, I'm going up against first place Josh. And I had five starting pitchers scheduled to go today, of which four actually pitched. And they didn't do very well. So I'm going to lose to Josh this week. We're currently somewhat close, but it's only Wednesday when we're recording tonight. Ken and Cripps, close matchup again, five and a half, four and a half. Um, so that's, that, that'll be a tight one throughout the weekend. Jay is beating a low, surprisingly. Um, so I, I, I don't know if that's, if you're looking at these as I'm going along, Chip, but that's, that looks pretty close with the exception of low owning stolen bases. Um, so that might be It's a close matchup, to be honest. Yeah. Swing and miss, mm-hmm. another close matchup. Uh, it looks like, I mean, this is a, <laughs> Zed has five pitchers left and they're currently, he's losing with a 609 ERA to John who has a 508 ERA. So, yeah. Unless, I, I, yeah. Like, unless his pitcher really tanks it, I think he's going to win those pitching categories. If you do a win probability uh, situation, I'm pretty sure Z is uh, winning right now. Um, well, he is winning right now, but he's, I think, based on every win probability, right? He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's looked to be a solid W this week against <laughs> not a strong breakdown. Uh, okay. So then Dave and uh, Vishnu. Ooh. Auto Dave versus Auto Vish. <laughs> I auto don't care. Uh well I mean I think Vishnu is he's in the driver's seat. Um it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. He might he might win this week. It's it's kind of it's interesting because I'm looking at this and I see that Vishnu, who's currently losing four and a half to five and a half, has a three point oh five ERA. Dave's got six pitchers left. Mm-hmm. And we just said that that means that Zavo's going to win. The problem on Dave's side is that he's got a one four five ERA with six pitchers left. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a. I suspect he's going to end up closer to three, which is where Vishnu is. So uh-huh. I could think Vishnu. Uh, he could win here. I think so. Last last thing, just on your team, uh, you're 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 slamming your your pitching situation. Just just as an observer. Uh, you had Darvish go less than stellar, but everyone else had a fantastic outing. Really? Fantastic. I mean, yeah. So you got Cortez for tomorrow. His start got postponed. So four starts. Yes, and four starts. Four starts and uh, what was it? Uh, 33 innings, a 3-2 ERA, and like almost a 1K per nine. I mean, or nine 9K per nine. That's pretty. Dude. You got two wins, too. I mean, the, the point the point wasn't that they were terrible, which I think they were. But the point was just that Josh is in first place, and he's got two, four. He's got five pitchers left. He's got Alcantara in a great matchup. All of his matchups are good. And the, my point is just that I think that my ch- I needed to dominate today to have a chance to beat the first place team, and I don't think I did. So, um, and. All right. Can I, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna gently push back. Okay, because I think that you sometimes get away with just these grandiose comments. Josh's team. He has uh, Sandy Alcantara against San Francisco. Alex Wood. That might be his Alex best. Wood is a seven ERA. Maybe not. I'm thinking well, of Alex Cobb. They have Alex Wood and Alex Cobb. Which one is he yes. playing? Which yes. one? Is- He's playing Alex Wood. Anyway, well, Ian Alex Anderson. Jethro Tall Anderson is playing at Colorado. Okay, that's never good. Colorado can barely score. They... Hold okay. on, hear me Go out. Go ahead. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, who's a rookie, is pitching against the Brewers at Milwaukee. That's a terrifying matchup. Maybe. And then Alex Manoa is the is probably the one I will give you against Johnny Cueto. Yes. <laughs> and then Jameson Tyone against the Angels, who are actually really good, and it's Otani. Honestly. Josh's uh, pitching matchup is not as good uh, as you th- you would think. Um, you know what I'm super stoked about? He skated. He, he escaped with Rodon's outing with the Phillies. For the record, 
he did. That was going to be a W for him. That should have should have gotten a W out of that. Um, uh, but it was I'm stoked that Kendall Graverman didn't get vaccinated and can't go to Canada. And like he should have provided like you know I don't need a letter talking about you being pro or con vaccination, but like let me know before the roster is set so that I can take you out of my lineup. Like fair. But, I think that's but fair. Here's the thing. Josh and I currently tied at zero. Neither of us has a saver hold three days into the week. I'm missing Graverman, but Josh is missing Chapman and Kittredge. So I should win that category, but watch. Somehow I'm going to find a way to lose it. You both um, will get zero this week. Both. That would be, that would be, um, I would be so pissed if, if that happened and I lost in gap or lost by like one. <laughs> um, in any case, you're up against your nemesis, man. This is, I this am. Chicago. So you're currently tied 5 5. It looks yeah. quasi, as I like to say, instead of quasi, it looks quasi close. I, uh, he, he skated by with Quintana. Quintana was a uh, Quintana. It was pitching at LA Dodgers today and only had four innings, two earned runs that it, he escaped danger. Uh, but, but the pirates have been playing the Dodgers like decently. I've been watching because it's been the last game of the day. So I've been watching a couple of them in the background and listening mm-hmm. and it's like, they're not, Anyway, the Pirates have been playing them well, is my point, which is surprising. But Quintana has also been pretty good this year. He's been weirdly fine. I, 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 anyway, I don't want to get into Quintana because I think that he's a he's going to get, yeah, he's going to turn into a pumpkin soon. Um, but anyway, I with Sunil's team in general, like we're hanging in. I had a, I had a good day today. Uh, I need some home runs. I need some power. I just lost two players on to the DL. Whatever, but um. More importantly, I, I I need some power. Bad. I think everyone does. That's 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 something that we kind of talked about. It's something that. No, but it, I, it's hard I, to find. I'm on the low end. I'm on the low end this week. I I only have three, and everyone has at least four. It's. I'm on the low end this season, so I don't really care about this week. I know it's big for you to be cynical, but well, it's yeah, not anyway. bad. My, my bold prediction is that Chip goes to three and five and loses to cynical this week. Which means next week in Alaska, I'm going to have like chip (laughs) unleashed. It's going to be like, it's going to be crazy next week. If chip loses, he's going to take all that rage out. Probably poison both me and Ken. Wow. And Um, no, 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 that's going to happen. I probably will not necessarily fire sale, but I will be making more aggressive trades at that point. Well, we're going to talk in in a little bit here. We're going to talk about why your team sucks. So let's, let's just skip ahead. Um, I just so that, that, yes. that's where we are this week. Let's look really quickly at, at uh, the schedule for next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were to indulge me, mm-hmm. okay. Next week, you play Ken. Are you terrified? So we're going to be in Alaska together, which is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I might. I, I should. I have a new cell phone provider, so I might get service this year, unlike last year. <laughs> um, despite the fact that my cell phone provider had a storefront like less than two miles from where we were staying, I did not get reception, nor did I get notice via text that there was a tsunami warning. Um, in any case, it will be fun being in Alaska with Ken while we're going head to head. Yeah. And it's not just going head to head, but we are sharing that little mini cabin together. So. <laughs> It's going to be entertaining. It'll be entertaining. Ken will not have listened to this before we go. I'm taking a very good chance that that is the case. And I'm disclosing to everybody that I may or may not have bought water balloons uh, yesterday. So. How are you going to fill them? I'm. uh... There's a hose, Chip. It's a new thing. I saw it at Target. I picked them up. It's like this. It has a screw on top that like you screw. Oh, no. Oh, no. You screw directly so you figured into this the out, hose. Avenue. Damn it. You screw it directly into the hose, and then it has these little straws that go into pre-tied, like hundreds of pre-tied water balloons. It, yes. And like, I'm aware. It's a, oh, so I, I that was the first time I'd seen it, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm so doing this. Yeah. So if Ken's listening, I'm just kidding. I'm not doing any of this, and I didn't buy anything. <laughs> but assuming he will not have listened to this before, we're you know face to face, head to head, in the same room. Um, two men enter, one men leave uh, in Alaska. Yeah, 
it's, I mean, it's okay, I'm not okay. We're not going to allude any further than this, but uh, there is enough ample space for a, a good water balloon fight, right? Yeah, yeah. and loser right. has to pick up all the little balloon pieces. <laughs> so it's going to be awesome when I nail Ked in his bed. And the best part is he's going to be upstairs in like the little loft area. So like as I nail him, he's not going to have anywhere to go. He's going to be trapped. It's going to be awesome. And also, I plan on doing it one of the mornings. We have to be up at like four. You know, so. it, please just don't do this on the first night. <laughs> yeah, our first I'm night so is excited. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Uh, departure, 4 a.m. departure. It's going to okay, be, so be a mess. Next it's going to be a mess. You're going up against Crips, and you're hoping to rebound after two consecutive losses. That's okay, big so it, 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 if, you, if you want to discount the Sunil versus Lowe matchup, because I kind of want to. Uh, both of those teams are pretty good, for the record. But, but I think Chen and, and I are probably the most interesting matchup. Would you not? Would you disagree? Not including Sunil and Lowe, I agree. Right. I think, I think Sunil and and Lowe, depending on this week, if if Sunil just collapses, as we kind of expect. Come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you encouraging there? Who is that? Come on. Dude, that was that to the ether. That was to the ether and everyone okay. listening okay. to this. That come on. Sunil's gonna collapse. I mean, have you ever seen him? Come on, he's a collapse. Me. Me. Uh yeah. So but I think Chen and, and I it would be probably an interesting matchup. Um I I, think, I, I, agree. I think Chen's team is probably the most formidable outside of Josh's um this year, especially since he's got Tatis coming back, DeGrom to come, coming back. Um and he's playing still pretty well. So yeah, I agree. I think that's a good matchup. Uh auto it's the the rest of the matchups just quickly, it's gonna be auto Vish versus the Kamish, and the Kamish should win that one. We'll see. Vishnu mm-hmm. has not been playing uncompetitively here the last few weeks. So right. Um he's emerging. The, the aforementioned team Sunical, Sunny 6K going up against Low and the Real Girls going wild. Uh that's probably between you and, and Chen and that one, those are the matchups of the week. Then there's Auto Dave against Josh, which I, you know, Josh should roll, but Dave is what in, in third place with me. Yeah, but he had, I think he had like three weeks of like awesomeness, and then everything else has been back to normal. Yeah, and then there's S and M against Evermore J versus Zed, which a, ba- a battle within our company and. Uh, They'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll keep it rowdy, but um, they both need it. <laughs> yeah. Who, who? Who? Well, we'll we'll get to this probably in a later week. But who fire sales first? I I think, I think there's only one person on a league other than Vishnu, and that's me. That no, no, would fire sale. So okay, we're gonna we're gonna jump okay. ahead. Let's, pit, let's because pit. I don't want you to uh, dispute what I just said. Your team. This is last week I ripped on my team. This week I'm going to rip on your team. So for starters, I'm going to just going to go with players I like on your team. Okay? You can assume I hate everybody else. <laughs> uh, go for it. Go for okay. it. So I guess Blue Jean Sergio, I'm indifferent about. Uh, Fat Devers, I do like. Um, I still am convinced that he's going to become like the next Kung Fu Panda and he's going to break his belt while he's swinging. But he's managed <laughs> to keep off the pounds and just keep that baby face. So he's, he's bad at 340. Uh, he's bad at 340. That's really, going you're down. Gonna complain? Come on. That's going down. Uh, uh-huh. I like Xanda. Xanda Xanda's been a staple. He's I don't have anything bad to say about him. Mookie Betts don't have anything bad to say about him. He's actually been coming on recently, which I'm sure you're relieved about. Mm-hmm. Um, Julio Rodriguez, pride and joy in the future of the Seattle Mariners. Um I like him. I want to point out that uh, while I hate everyone that I don't name, I double hate Jared Kleenex, who is the biggest failure of the Mariners since Dustin Hackley. Mm-hmm. Um, who else do I like on your team? Wander, you don't like, like Juan Soto? Wander? No, I don't like Juan Soto. We've talked about this at length. His little butt shake and all that stupid stuff he does. I do not like him. Um, Walker Burley, I like... Uh, Kevin Gossman, I guess I like. Um, 
that's going to round it out. Chris Sale. I like Chris Sale. I'm, so everyone else sucks. But let me get specific here, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're not even competitive this year. And I'm trying to figure out why. And I think part of it is like, okay, for starters, you had Kleenex in your lineup all year until he was set to the minors. Done. Like, you're not going to compete with the guy who's betting 140 and does nothing. Okay? Mm-hmm. You, well, you clearly didn't think that. Because Go on. Go on. Also, you just picked up a guy named Churio. Like, Cheerios. Anyway. Um, and? And? You're pitching, you're pitching garbage. And I'll be honest, you've made, like, a lot of questionable pickups. It's like, you just picked up Ryan Yarbrough today, which... He is what he is, whatever. But really, that of all the guys that were available, you think that he was the one to pick up. And then your starting line, Tarek Skubal is pitching out of his butt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lucas okay. Mielito, 3-6 ERA. His, his ex-fifth is probably like 90 because he either throws a home run, walks somebody, or strikes somebody out. There are only three outcomes. Galston's really good, and I feel bad that he's stuck on your team. Um, the other guys, all like they all suck, dude. Like, your pitching's terrible. And then you got Clay Holmes as, like, one relief pitcher that's decent. You have two Mariners in your bullpen, and they have, like, six wins this year. So that's awesome. What else? Your outfield is, like, the outfield of all retreads. Like, Tasker Hernandez, Charlie Blackman, Kepler. Uh, who else? Your first base scenario and your catching scenario is just tragic. Like, I don't think if you were to pull the beef league, <laughs> these four people, like for both of those positions, okay, name the like name the five catchers that you would never want to have in your team. You have two of those five. Like it would be unanimous that Nola and Zanino would be two of those five. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with first baseman, Eric Hosmer is betting, like he's doing well. That's gonna go away. And you don't have a solution to replace him with. Mm-hmm. And Yuli Gurel is he's Yuli Girl. Like he's gonna do what he's doing now. He's batting 218 this year. He usually bats like 300. So I presume that he might actually regress to the, the mean there. But like then you got Jose the 5'5, five five, who is like just a little ball of steroids. Um yeah, man, you're like this is the team that you put out to repeat, really? <laughs> So I'm going to ask you, like, define yourself, like, explain some of this. Well, uh, all right. Um, where do I start? Um, it's a great train- question because you can start like any player. Pick up, close your eyes, pick a player. It's a train wreck. It's a train wreck. No, it, it isn't. And uh, but I'm in I'm in an interesting uh, juncture of uh, a. I think most of your commentary is being is like 70% humorous, uh, 30% serious. Um, it's closer to like 30-30 the other way. (laughs) 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 Like, this is, this is, well, so like, okay, let's, I'll, I'll, I'll just group the positions just as, as a whole. I want to talk about individuals like catcher. I don't value catcher in general, as, as, as you can tell. And, uh, Actually, Alston Nolan has been healthy and and fine. Uh, Zanino has like he did thirty home runs or whatever last year. Like if he does twenty home runs, I think that's a it's a win. Um, and I didn't pay for anything. Like as of last week, there were catchers available, like uh, Williams Contreras, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. would have been such an upgrade over the guys you have. It's like. I get that you're ignoring the position, but or that you don't value the position, excuse me, but like you're completely ignoring it. And anyway, just throwing that out there. I still think there are guys in the wire that I'd rather have than the two that you have. Why? Why do you value those guys more? Well, for starters, Austin, okay, what prime example here, Austin Barnes. He's got a almost 800 OPS. Your catchers right now aren't even close. Have you considered playing time? I have. And yes, like, so in 53 at-bats, I'm looking at Barnes now. And now mm-hmm. let's look at your boy. 
your boy's getting more at bats and fewer outcomes because he sucks at getting outcomes, but he might hit home runs. And that's in the case of Zanino. Yes, but on base percentages is the only rate really that matters. Hitting wise, you want counting stats. Yeah, and also, and better counting Nola, stats in fewer at bats than both of your guys. A- anyway, a final note on, like, on catchers is playing time. Also, Nola and Zanino are both number one catchers. They're getting most of the playing appearances. You uh, mentioned Barnes. Barnes is a backup. Yes, I understand. And in fewer at bats, he has just as many home runs as those two that you have in your roster combined. I'm just saying. Anywho, so, I, I will take my two catchers um, over a backup, uh, Barnes. Um, okay, so your your offense to my my first baseman, totally fair. Uh, Guriel, <laughs> Guriel, I, I like yes. In terms of the draft, I first base seems like a very fluidly annoying position. Everyone kind of overvalues first base, but then. Right, like in last year was an interesting example of this, where like uh, we had like the 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 guys outside that that were kept, the guys between like Vado, Kron, and then like Guriel and I don't know seven others, they're all like really fluid. No one really knew who was the best or the worst. Um, it was I very like- it was very diverse. I'll I'll leave it at that. And so this year I was like waiting for the like the last two, and so I picked up Guriel and Santana, and I was like whatever. Uh, and Hosmer and like whatever if as long as I get one to two that are meaningful uh, it's fine I'm not gonna I'm not looking for like a Goldschmidt type of uh, production because I'm not paying for it yeah no you're I 100% agree with you with respect to the fact that like I think there were probably four or five first basemen were keeping and then the rest that were kept including, including two that I kept the rest that were kept were like you're, yeah. there's, a risk, there's a risk involved, and then everyone else that was left was really guys with risk involved that weren't young enough to be kept. <laughs> yes. You know, like Correct. like if I was looking at the Hosmer Guriel uh, Santana Tier. profile, Tier. Mm-hmm. and Nate Lowe wasn't a one to three, then he would be right there with them, right? So would Bobby Dalback. These guys are all guys with flaws. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a tough position. Whatever. Exactly. I and just, like, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Devers actually moves over to first base. I wouldn't be surprised. That would be, that would be huge for you. Uh, yeah, but like, anyway, it's not happening anytime soon. Uh, so, so just, I want to quickly go through the positions. I don't want to mm-hmm. dwell on the, as long as we've dwelled on the other two positions. Okay. Second base, Altuve, you don't like. I get it. Uh, Segura, I just wanted counting stats, and now he's out for basically the year. So uh, I, like I, need sec- I need a second baseman. Uh, going to third base, uh, Devers see, see. and... <laughs> forecasting or foreshadowing here uh no devers uh obviously and then mcmahon i'm not a big fan of him but uh i i i see him like healthy and he's i like in McMahon. colorado i have on the teams in the past fine. I like McMahon. he's fine if he gets 25 home runs in colorado um i think i've gotten what i've expected yeah uh, he's he's yeah. underperforming my expectations right now uh bogarts and franco so uh, just just really quickly on that Mm-hmm. I, I would just point out that I think with the exception of CJ Crones and Brandon Rogers in the last week, everyone on Colorado has been underperforming yeah. expectations. So sorry. Well, go ahead, Connor Joe. There's Connor Joe. There's, there's a couple Connor weird. Joe, CJ Crones and uh, within the last it's a bad week, team. Brandon Rogers. A, yeah. And, and, Chris and, Bryant's and, injured. And their huge seven year commitment to uh, Chris Bryant. He's played like three games. Anyway, let's yeah. get to your first stop. Yeah, shortstop's fine. Uh, look, look I, you you have no complaints about Xander, and I love Wander. Uh, I think that'll, yeah. that'll net out. Getting to outfield. The outfield is what I want your perspective on this. I actually really love my outfield outside of um, uh, uh, Blackman. Like, Blackman I, it was, was my, my wild card of it. But, like, I kept Betts, Hernandez, Rodriguez, Soto. Um, and Rodriguez was a, a minor at that point. Kepler was a surprise. I'm not going to take credit for it. Well, Kepler is Blackman's to... a more interesting one. You, I think everyone was down on him, and I, I understand I had why. Blackman, so personally, I had Blackman in a tier like I had him targeted in a tier of guys. You took him before I took a pick, and it the, like, but it was. I'm not opposed to Blackman. He is what he is, right? He's mm-hmm. uh, and even this year, he's he's got seven home runs, which is better than a lot of folks on my team and good runs, good RBI. Like he's fine. 
He's fine. Um, Kepler no. is to me the biggest surprise because you'll recall, like you've had him, you've had him in years past where he's been successful. Uh-huh. I traded for him in Alaska last year, hoping that he would kind of rebound to what to something anything close to because last year he was so bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he never rebounded. And so honestly, my hatred of Max Kepler stems <laughs> entirely from the fact that, like, oh, now he's decided that like I'm not, like, I was listening to a podcast and like, oh yeah, he was talking with uh, their manager Rocco Baldelli, and he's just like, you know, needed to hit the ball with intent, and that's what he's been Whatever. doing. Whatever. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, like it's that easy. Like he could have done that last year, bastard. So agreed. I, I don't I, I have like a personal I, grudge against Kepler, and he's also on the Twins. So I hope that he craters and burns on your sure, roster. Sure, sure. Uh, I think that all that's reasonable. Um, but uh, I've had really slow starts with with uh, T. Oscar Hernandez, um, and it's been really frustrating. But he's been playing pretty well recently. Isn't so he, isn't he a slow start guy? I don't think so. But it's he just had a bad May, like really, 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 really bad May. A lot of players. Um, did. Okay, a lot did. But um, so I mean, he's been hot over the last four or five games. So I'm hoping that he turns it on. Between uh, Betts, Soto, and potentially Rodriguez in the future. That's a pretty damn good outfield core. Base. I mean we're talking it's it's probably second to Chen who's gonna have Harper Trout. and uh Tatis probably. Yeah I still rather have I don't those think comparison. Three. I'm not we're comparing this is not really worth it because Harper is gonna be out for most of this year. Um, did he get hurt? He he just got hurt again. He's his arms oh, wow. strained. Uh, and then Tatis is, I don't, I don't, is he going to move to outfield? I don't know. But point is, um, it, I like your, I it's like not, worth it. not really worth it. Yeah. I like those three. Yeah. All right. Anyway, they're, they're fine. Now, they're fine. Explain, explain pitching. Explain this has been the problem. This like, has been a problem. We don't need to discuss relief pitching at all because you don't value that either. It's a waste. It's a waste. Explain your starters. Cause geez. <laughs> I mean, ship, you've got one, Hold on. One, two, three, four. Four pitchers. Higher you don't than. Know who? Pardon? You don't know who they are? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying you didn't finish it. You have four pitchers higher than the th- ranking of 311, meaning the rest of the pitchers that are on your roster right now are worse than 311. Hmm. That, okay. That is terrible. Like, Sure, sure, sure. You've got Burley, Gossman, mm-hmm. Gossman mm-hmm. being the best. Sure. Tarek, Tarek Skubal, and Lucas Giolito is ranked 201. Mm-hmm. And then you have a huge drop-off to Reed Detmers, who's 311. And the only reason that he's there is because he's no hitter. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 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 So, yeah. So, uh, okay. Actually, this is getting into um, – I'm, I'm going to be a little bit um, – how do you say this? Uh, I'm I'm gonna take down my guard here, okay, and just show a little bit of my emotion and my strategy here. Uh, I didn't know what st- starting pitching was going to be like this year. I didn't I didn't know if it was going to continue down this uh really terrible path of um, only there's only 20 starting pitchers that you can rely on, and everyone being a, a crapshoot, which is what honestly we've been heading towards. Um, and this year is uh like instead of 20 it's like 60 or or so like we're we're dominant in april right it was it was really frustrating to see like so many pitchers like being dominant in the first uh what six weeks of the season it was weird um and it was really hard to separate like noise uh or whether or not that some pitchers are really good or in which are like not that good so we saw like strikeout rate go down which was it, like just confused me even further um, so that was what, what's been happening over the last like six weeks. My strategy was I wanted to, I had two, no, I had three, I had two, two st- key starters, uh, Burley and Giolito, um, which I expected high K's and, and good stats. I really wanted Goss, I got Gossman. I was very, very lucky there. And Scooble has been a surprise. Um, I'll, I'll actively call that out. McGill was a, a big surprise for the first three weeks. And, and I drafted Sale knowing that he would come in uh, at some point in uh, the first, what, two months? 
Right. He's going to be Cle- coming back probably in a draft- couple weeks, right? Yeah, and I drafted Clevenger too, um, expecting not like top of the rotation, like top 20 starter, but maybe top 40. Anyway, McGill, Clevenger, and Sale are all injured right now. Yep. Sale is going to be out until for another four weeks. McGill comes back, I think, next week. Clevenger comes back next week. So what I'm kind of getting at is um, I'm trying to find like the next good starter. And honestly, I'm failing miserably at <laughs> finding the next starter. Well, I've got Burley. I've got Giolito. I've got Scoobal. I've got Gossman. And then presumably I've got uh, Clevenger and McGill. And maybe so, even Sale when he comes in. But I don't really have a... Like, as you can see, with between Dunning, Fado, uh, and then Bradish and Detmers and Lynch and Siltha, I don't have any confidence in those guys. I'm trying to, I'm waiting for one of them to pop into consistency and none of them are. So I'm curious and and you don't have to give away kind of your strategy, but for example, I picked up the spring kit from Tampa. Yeah. Last, last week. Mm -hmm. Now I've been watching him probably for three weeks. And Mm -hmm. in that time you've picked up guys like Fado. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Sil Self, um, a couple other guys that you've Yarbrough, a couple other guys that you've dropped, like literally in the last three weeks that I've been watching him, I picked him up. I was surprised that like you didn't pull the trigger on a guy like him. And so, because I was clearly again watching. I'm annoyed. Him see, like, I'm annoyed with Tampa Bay. I'm annoyed with Tampa Bay. Full stop. They're, they're all, another, all their starting pitchers are going like five innings or four innings, and uh, yeah. historically. And it's uh, like, why invest in a pitcher that's not going to get a win? Yeah, but the, that's the thing. That's what I've been watching with him, and they're letting him go five. And like, that's all you need for a win. And it's the so other thing I, I just want to point yeah. out because you're absolutely right about Tampa Bay past. I just, I've been reading that they're really big, they're really in on the potentially trying to get Frankie Montas from the A's, which. Again, to your point, goes against everything they've been doing over the last five years, getting a guy that they expect to go seven and can give you seven. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they're switching their philosophy or if they finally, after a period of kind of mixing and matching, they finally feel like they have the right guys that they think can go five or six. And they still have guys that, you know, if if the pitch count gets too high in four innings then they can bring somebody into the fifth, whatever, but. It's 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 evolved a little bit, and that's part of why I actually held off on taking him because I was like, I want to see him, I want to see a couple starts and see how many innings they're letting him go before uh, okay. I pick him up. That's a good example, and, and I think this is good for everyone to hear. Like Jeffrey Springs, how many? Guess how many starts he's had over five innings? Two. Today was his third. Okay. Okay. So it's a third in a row. Three. Third in a row. When you right. picked it, you picked him up after the first, and no, I, think, was, no, no, no. I picked him up second, last week after his second. second one. But the point is, like, you are you're like a hawk, <laughs> like paying attention to uh, whether or not like one start goes an inning longer, and you're picking up him up immediately afterwards. This is kind of strange. Like the potential, I've been playing the potential game. If you if you want to like think about it. Uh, I've been playing the potential game with the guys that I've been picking up. You've been p- picking up the guys on recency, which for the record, not a bad, bad strategy at all. Right. And it's been, it's, it, it's a guessing game. Who knows? It's, it's, it's right now. Like the starting pitching game is really quite hard to. And, and that's, that's where I'm with you. And, and I'm not smart enough to like, I listen to podcasts. I read stuff. So I, I pick up kind of, you know, uh, little tips. Sample size. You're not getting sample size but, enough in no, your decision. No, you're, you're guessing. And, and 100%. But I also feel like going – so when I look at a guy like Springs and I saw that he's they're building up his innings, his Ks have been going up with the amount of innings he's pitching. Innings. It's, it's pitches. It's pitches, it's, not it's, innings. It's, pitches. It's, sorry, but it is pitches, but it's also they're letting the number of pitches go up, right? It's, it went 31, 57, 76, and 80. Two he's weeks in the two, 80s. Two, he's in the 80s right now. He's not going to 100. Right. It's, no, it, agreed. It, and Tampa Bay doesn't go to 100. That's the thing. Agreed, but he's a lower whip guy. and He can make 80 pitches go six innings like he did. And the other thing that I'm like – 
part part of me the thing that you go on based on like whether it's pedigree or um potential like i get that but that's how nestor cortez is undervalued and he's really good right now and so that's where i've kind of maybe i've expanded what what i look for in pitchers where it's kind of like yes it's recency but like i don't care as much about pedigree right no, like no, agreed agreed potential pedigree you don't you care less about and i do um, right and i probably and, need to re- just, recalibrate and, and i just think well i don't know if you need to recalibrate but the, the point being like look at kyle Wright this year and he was on he was on beast league teams like seven years ago and five years ago and then he disappeared from the world and now he's back and it's like part part admittedly part of why i did like him and picking him up was the fact that he did have pedigree right like it's like oh like maybe this guy always had something maybe he's figured it out right but the spring thing i'm not saying that i'm gonna keep him or that he's a great pitcher i'm just saying like compared to some of the guys that you've picked up i am like even, even like yarborough recently like i'd rather have springs than yarborough right oh, i'd rather I, I, I agree with even, you even just based on recency i'm not talking about run it no, right. Like okay, last but. thing. In in terms of time here, uh the last one is like Daniel Lynch. Um <laughs> it's a funny thing. Just listening to like uh various podcasts talk about Daniel Lynch. He was I think the number one left-handed pitching prospect last year, um when the when the Royals promoted him and he was awful. And he honestly, this year he's still awful. Um there's no really good reason why I have him on my team at this point. And it's purely because he he dominated the minors, just lit it on fire. And like him going back there, he's gonna he's gonna do the same thing over again. This is so, kind of like the get, guessing game that I'm I'm kind of pointing out. Like you can with pitchers and pitching prospects. Like um, I think early in the year I had uh, Bobby Miller for the Dodgers, who I think is available. Uh, he's in Double A. I think he's he's doing fine. I haven't looked at him in the last month, but. Like really good pitching prospects, Grayson Rodriguez is right now like the the next name. Who gives a who? Like going from AAA to the 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 pros, there's no like guarantee that you're gonna just slam dunk that this this he's gonna dominate AAA. He's gonna dominate uh, the majors. Right. Example in prime being Matt Brash, who during totally. spring training and AAA got it, away with. There's a jillion. There's a jillion. Strasburg. I remember Jay and I at a bar uh, watching Strasburg. I think we were together watching Strasburg's first start as a national when he got promoted. And he was dominant. And I'm like, I'm now thinking through, I'm like, I don't think we've ever seen that again. Like anticipation, like a Tiger Woods type of situation of like, He's just so good. He's he's just gonna dominate, and then we witness him dominating as as expected. We haven't had a pitching prospect be that way, um, and it's we're always waiting, and we always think that it's gonna happen. It never happens. Is and, thing. and to your point, like Grayson Rodriguez has been dominating totally for, for four years now. It's like he's still not up. So the and he just got injured, the, by the way. He just got injured. So like all the fantasy people and everyone, like we're sitting here and we're like, why isn't he up yet? Why isn't he up yet? Well, and I, just matter. keep him doesn't down. It's like, um, no, with, yeah. with respect to Lynch, I just wanted to point out, I, I get him and Brady Singer confused, but, um, I listened to the, you know, Sarah's, um, uh, his podcast, it's called rates and barrels. If you guys don't listen, it's a good, it's good. You for should. Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was talking about one of those two, and he's like, "It's the Kansas City pitching philosophy that you throw fastballs down." And one of the two guys, like the, he was showing, like based on metrics, he's like, "When he throws the fastball up, he's very successful. When he throws a fastball down, he gets he's crushed." <laughs> and all it would take would be the organization being like, "Just throw the fastball up," and he could be really successful. But instead, they keep telling him to throw it down. And he's getting hammered. Um, and I forget which one it is, but it's one of those two. And if it's Daniel Lynch, then who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll give him free reign to, to throw fastballs up. Yeah. Anyway, I, okay. I, I, it's it's a sore spot of mine. But anyway, that's that's my team right now, and I'm probably due for a trade. Let's let's take a break. Yeah, it's almost fire sale, but it's definitely break time. So um, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Sure. Let me get it. One more beer. And we're back. Welcome back. Sorry, right. Steve, what's to jump next? in there, interrupt and you. What's next? What's next? 
Chip, it's time for your stats corner, dude. Ooh, okay. We really should have a bit for the stats corner. Stats corner. Be I, I, first off, you need to do it more frequently, and secondly, like it needs to be good for once. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> all right. Um. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about swing percentage. I don't think I've ever talked about this in 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 isolation. Um. And I think what? it's a fun. It's fun, and I'll talk. I'll talk about what it means. Okay. Perfect. Um, all right, so on fan graphs, there's a stat called swing, swing percentage. There's a lot of other stats you can look at, but um, there's O swing percentage, or Z swing percentage. But swing percentage what, is... What do those mean? Oh, uh, O swing percentage means the percentage of your swings that are in this strike zone versus the, uh, the Z is the outside strike zone. I believe that's outside. No, and it's sorry, sorry. Out, uh, o is outside the swing, so strike zone, and Z is inside. I would hope zone. so because outside sorry. strike is O, and if they had that inverted, that would be so confusing. Apologies, apologies. So uh, usually, usually, uh, most pitches are within the strike zone. Um, so you see um, the Z swing percentage range from like sixty to ninety percent, and O swing percentage range from like 30 percent to say fifty percent. Anyway. The cumulation, uh, the cumula accumulation of that all is a swing percentage. So, of all pitches, what percentage does a batter swing? And I find it just a fascinating one, just to give you an idea of just how hacky some uh, some batters are, and how not passive some batters are. So, who do you think this year is the number one high, highest swing percentage? In baseball, Alex. Highest swing percentage. Yeah. Meaning We're not going to move too far up. Just okay. Uh, so like one, of the top, one of the top five. I'll give you. I'll give you one of the top five. You name one of the top five. I'll give it to you. Jose Ramirez. No. Uh, not even in the top he, twenty. He does take a lot of pitches, doesn't he? Uh, mm -hmm. You who, should get a couple of these. Come on. I'm just trying to think of like slackers, and you're putting me on the spot. This is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Nick Madrigal does not have any of bats this year because he's terrible. Nope. Um, Come on. Do better. Do better. Your boy. My boy. Mm hmm On my team? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Oh. Two. Bobochet. Yes. So Bobochet is on is number three. Yeah, another <laughs> your another of your boy is number two. Uh Kippy Acuna hasn't played enough. Nope. Just got injured. Another of my boys. Mm -hmm. I like this I mean, player. I mean, you you just traded for him in the offseason and he just got injured. That doesn't mean that on I like the him. white on the White Sox. Oh, Timmy Anderson. There we go. Right there, you go. Thank number you. one he, is Avisel. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. number one is Avisel Garcia. He's on Miami at sixty-two point two percent swing yeah. rate. Um, Tim Anderson's at 60%, Boba Shed's at 59, and Raphael Devers is at 50.9. You can keep going. Point is, these are the the highest swing percentages. What does this mean? It, it, what's the takeaway of all this? I don't think there's much to take away in just that they swing at a lot of pitches. They don't take a lot of pitches. That I, I Don't read into outcomes. Just think of the approach. Um, I'm going to reverse this here. Minimum on the on the flip side, who's who's got the worst or the lowest swing percentage? Who do you think is number one? Max Muncy. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's like a standard deviation difference too at 33.7%. Like he's passive. Guess who's number two? Young Mankata. No. As but it hasn't played enough. Uh, I'm going to go with my boy, Yasmani Brandal. Uh, he's number 15, but uh, number two is Juan Soto. <laughs> and no, well, it, it's it's the the story of this uh, on the the low end here is less about like Soto because you can guess like, he he's pretty passive as is Muncie. Uh, that's not surprising. I think that they've been in this group for quite a while. Right. Um, but like Alex Bregman, Mookie Betts, um, Stephen Kwan is in this group. Seiya Suzuki is in this group. Tr Trent Grisham is in this group. And he's 
interestingly uh, notable. I was just listening to Baseball Prospectus's podcast, noting that like he is arguably the most passive batter right now um, to his deficit at this point. Right. Uh, it, he really needs to start swinging because uh, pitchers are taking advantage of him. So I want to throw this out there on this topic because I think this is it, it, the, the person I'm going to pick on here is Yon Moncada. Go for it. Uh, because if you recall, this is maybe a revisionist history in that I may be misremembering it, but he kind of, for a couple of years, he went from being the dude that like always took call strike three and was not aggressive and, and had a lower spring rate. And then he was really successful when he started swinging more and then mm. he kind of revert, reverted back to the lower sw- swing rate. And so he's kind of, to your point, I think, or not your point, but to, to something that you've pointed out so far is that you can have successful players at both ends of the spectrum, right? It's their approach and whether it works it's for them. Bad. Yeah, it's not good or bad. It, it's like it clearly works for Juan Soto and it also clearly works for players like uh, Mookie Betts and it also works for folks who swing more like tim anderson right like Mm -hmm. so um it's it's matching the right approach with the skill set and moncada to me is like just always in this you know never-ending mix between should i swing should i not swing and it presents itself into his detriment like you were saying with grisham i think yeah yeah and grisham at this point is honestly not a very good uh asset in fantasy baseball easiest way to put it but uh number three is pavin smith pavin smith yeah. and uh i knew he was a passive like plate discipline guy um so kind of cements that but um, the ginger I, I didn't know he was this passive um kyle schwarber's on this list uh jb crawford this year is on this list um there's a lot of interesting names again th- I, I i mentioned this stat not necessarily mentioning good or bad um, just high or low. And um, there's very different approaches um, that you can see. And honestly, when you look at the contact percentages for all these batters that are on like the low end of the swing percentage, you see like there's very, there's some very distinct difference uh, in behaviors between like Stephen Kwan is number five, uh, but he has a, an exceptionally high rate of contact. So if he, you know, uh, and contact so, percentage is, is, is an ex- extraordinary metric compared to this. So, well, or theoretically, what that would tell me is basically that he is a patient player, but he will hit the balls that are in the zone. He will make if, contact if with them. If he swings, those. he hits it. Yes. Right. Right. Which is, in <laughs> fact, that was basically his record at the beginning of the year, where it's like he didn't swing and miss a pitch until like 10 games in or something crazy. Right. And uh, the, the last thing I'll say is like uh, Stephen Kwan's comp, like the best one I was thinking was Wander Franco, like or Nick Madrigal, like the guys who just who don't uh, strike out very often. They make contact, but right. uh, the quality of the contact is always a variable here. But exactly. Yeah, it's, it's it de- depends on the, on the player, but uh, they don't swing at bad stuff. So strike out. Um but if they hit it, they or if they swing, they hit it. So it's an interesting. Anyway, this all the so stats are, are very like interesting here. A dream fantasy player would be Stephen Kwan if you had Giancarlo Stanton's power. Um. Yeah, or Vlad Guerrero. But anyway, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, um, last 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 thing on this Juan Soto underperforming, really frustrating. Well, that's what you get when he spends more time trying to do his butt with all in the mirror to get that right than he does working on his game. His, his, so, his, his career BABIP is like 330, and he's bad, his BABIP right now is 230. It's going to so, come back. Anyway. So you can pray to that. All right, I so we're, the last little segment here, this is going to be um, the, monks, the Muncie exercise. And yes. uh, before the pod, I asked Chip to come up with three trades for Max Muncy that I can offer any team in beef league that he feels are fair. Mm. I have also come up with three trades and I'll explain why I think they're fair. So Chip, why don't you get started? (laughs) Okay. I'm going to bury the fact that I probably, if, if, 
Muncie is a second baseman. I could actually use him right now, as we just just noted. Um, I'm just going to dance around that fact of like my team's offers for the moment, and we could talk take that offline. Um, all right. So I had a couple in mind. Um, first one here. Where is it? All right, here it is. John. All right, I think John w- would be interested in this one. So he's got uh, Hernandez and Brandon, Rod- Brandon Rogers at second base. He could use a substantial upgrade, and honestly, he has nothing to lose at this point. Right? Correct. Um, and I was thinking that he could take a, a chance on some downplaying uh, players of his. Um, so he could trade Tyler O'Neill for Max Muncy. Interesting. Okay. Um, that's one. Um, okay. Chen, Chen doesn't need a second baseman. I Dave could, if, if he ever responds to or listens to this, this call um, or this uh, recording. Um, and I, I have no idea what his preferences are, but uh, he could do a, there's a lot of different options for Dave for the record. Uh, Estrada is not very good for the record um, on his team. I wouldn't assume that that's much of a, a thing, but if he wanted to like play uh, uh, an option there, he could trade someone like uh, I wouldn't necessarily do the Zach Wheeler thing because that's a little bit high end, but I think Luis Castillo or Jose Barrios is a fair offer. And for the record, I'm not like cherry picking starting pitching for starting pitching for you, Alex. You could you could do you have to pick one, Castillo or Barrios. I would do Barrios. Just anyway, you're gonna call me a a crazy person on that, but um, his outfield option he doesn't have a lot of options for outfield. Okay. Um. Lowe doesn't need one. Vishnu does. Um, and honestly, you could just do a swap of Muncie for Merrifield. Okay. So, those are your three. Uh, I had like five, but uh, those are my first three. Do you want two those more? The... Let's, sure. Let's do two more. Okay. All right. You ready? Yes. I mean, I'm all ears because I'm not doing uh, multiple for one at this point because that that that's where like the gymnastics here is is a bit nuts. Yep. Yep, makes sense. Uh, I I I'm gonna throw this out here and and you tell me how uh, crazy this is. Uh, Monsi for Bellinger with uh, Zavo. He could use it. You could use it. Any thought? Okay. And then the last one, Sunil. Um, he has India. I don't know if India is a, a, a second baseman. Do we know that for sure? Yes, we do. The other thing I want to point out is that Muncie is also a third base. So he's played like 16 games at second and 18 games at third. So He's going to be a DH. So like Sunil is a really bad option. Um, as is Vishnu. And, well, we, we thought, so that, that's what we, we talked about earlier. We thought, I drafted him thinking he was going to be my DH. He's only played like I think he's eight games at DH, mm-hmm. one game at first base, sixteen at third, and eighteen at no eighteen at third and sixteen at second. In any case, Sunny Six K. Who's he going to trade? Who's he going to give me for Muncie? Oh, Sunny. You better say Framber. You better say Framber Valdez. I, I think that's what you. Yeah, that's what team. you should trade for him. You should trade for Valdez and say I'd I'd be willing to comp. Uh, if you counter, let me hear you. Um, that's too much work for Sunil. It's a lot of work. I know. I know. Um, the thing is, in third base for him, he's got Turner and Suarez. Like both meh, right? Yeah. So who who's Sunil's trading me for for Michael? Or excuse me, for, for Muncie. 
I like actually Sunil. I mean, outside of the second base thing, what I just mentioned, I don't know if he has enough assets. You're going to do Valdez, if anything. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, Muncy anyway. for Valdez. Okay. Yeah. So, the, three, right. the three that I identify. What are your three? So, it's interesting because we you captured a couple of the teams in your first two with um, John and Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I did because I've been accused of, and I forgot to do my little rant here. I think I'm just going to quickly add that. Did I talk about Chen in his statement? I feel like I didn't. That we skipped. No, that. no, we skipped over Chen's uh, comment. Yeah. yeah. So this, this this came up in our chat group, and it's just something that we, we I threw out some potential three way trades that you know didn't make sense. I want to point out that Sunil rejected a trade wherein he gets Juan Soto. <laughs> I get Framber Valdez, and Chip gets dumped with Cookie Carrasco, Michael Harris the Third, and Mitch Haniger. And Sunil gave that a thumbs down. As a, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever. But the next thing that came up that Chip offered was I get Mike Trout, Chip gets mm-hmm. Jose Ramirez, sure. Chen gets Ryan McMahon, Tyler Magel, and Anthony Volpe. Whatever. Chen says, Chip then asks, who says no? <laughs> Low wisely says, probably Chen. Chen's response to this, like, was so endearing to me when I read it because it's like I, I've never had anyone just put like a quick statement together. Alex, lost you. Hey, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay, that was weird. Sorry. So I've never, I don't know where I dropped off, but I've never read anything that was like so endearing and like just so captures my thoughts. And Chen's comment with respect to that chips challenge trade where Chen gets nothing was, (laughs) it seems fair for Alex. Why would I say no to that? (laughs) Guys, that is how I view like every trade I send out. Like, yeah, it seems fair to Alex. Why would you say no? So, um, that is the preface to, to these three trades. I want to point out what I did here was I actually went into fan graphs and just quickly based on our scoring categories, rest of season stats was looking for the auction value of players, right? So, you know, Max Muncy was worth whatever, $5, like what players are kind of around him that I would trade him for. And these are the three that I came up with. Um, the first one was today. And I actually have, Anthony Rendon, challenge trade, Max Muncy, straight swap. Both of them obviously are injured now, which is even better. So, but Dave doesn't reply to anything, so that will never happen. The second whoa, 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 wait, 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 Dave, you're saying which? Wait, you're saying uh, Rendon for Muncy, straight up for Muncy. Yep, and you think that he wouldn't accept it? I know that he wouldn't accept it. So the next one uh, is with John, who you also identified, and you also identified the right position of outfield. And uh, the player that I had that was closer based on the rest of his rankings was actually Jesse Winker. Mm-hmm. So it would well, be Winker, I mean, okay. Winker for Muncie instead of O'Neill for Muncie. The last one uh, was Josh. And this one I singled out. Jacques Peterson for Muncie, straight up. So, wow. again, that's based on rest of season value on fan graphs, based on our scoring categories, et cetera, projected rest of season yeah. value. In any and case, have, have you offered him that? Here's the twist. This is the twist, Chip, that I'm getting to. Immediately following the end of this pod, actually not true. I'm going to wait until tomorrow because I'll wait until after we post it. But immediately after we post the pod, I'm going to send trade offers for my three proposals and for your first three proposals. So I will also offer John Muncie for O'Neill. I'm going to offer Dave Muncie for Barrios and I'm going to offer Vishnu Muncie for Merrifield. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's the twist. I'm actually sending those trade offers. So um, these should be fair trade offers that these people are receiving. I'm really curious to see the reception that we get. Uh okay, five dollars says you don't get anything in return. You don't get I'll, you don't get any acceptance. I'll take that bet. Ooh, five dollars. I, I I with with me, I would say Josh is going to trade me Peterson for him. That's an easy one. 
And of yours, I think that Dave trades Burrios because Burrios has been a train wreck this year. True. So, <laughs> this True. is um, but, those. But, so okay, I think okay, no, those counters, are the high- no counters allowed. No counters allowed. Correct. Yeah, this first is a offer, first offers first, only. first offers until all of them have been rejected or not. I'm only going to keep them up until the end of Alaska. So when I come home the following week before that, the Sunday before we start, I'm, I can reject them. And okay. I, I like this. Deal. I like this. Okay. This is not a fire sale. This is not anything. Uh, no, the goal this is, is, this to, is to, to offer fair trades. Yeah, offer fair trades. Again, I gave input in saying something that was a uh, I what I would think is fair and you're you're putting those out there and this is I the closest anyone will ever get to having any control over my roster personnel ever so what, what so. one one minor uh, uh observation I didn't want to call it my team again because I did the observation before uh, I really thought about Segura would you is is there any anything between us there could be you can send a separate trade offer but it would have to be, I'd only that. accept it after it would be, well, I'd only accept it after, unless it's for Julio Rodriguez, <laughs> I will, I will only accept it after Alaska. So there's no way we're going to make a trade, are we? No, not based on the parameters that we're setting here. We have to give everyone a week to, or we can say everyone has to decide by Wednesday. And if we can do Wednesday instead of when we're back, you want to do Wednesday next week? Sure. I mean, all right. Whatever. So one. Sorry, one week from, let's do Thursday next week, one week from tomorrow when we're going to post this episode. Uh, those offers that I'm going to send stand. And if you haven't rejected or accepted, then I can, Chip can offer me some trades. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. More trades. Right, again. That's, that's all we have for you guys this week. So hopefully you enjoyed it. We went a little bit over an hour here, but uh, hopefully you uh- enjoyed it again. I hope you all enjoyed it. I have no nonsense to share uh, or quote uh, to end this all. So uh, I bid you adieu. Thank you, Alex. Thank uh, you, Chip. You, you've been a fine co-host for this fine, fine hour of, our, of, of my life. Well, thank you, sir. I wish I could say the same about you, uh, but I'm not, I'm not in the mood to compliment you right now. So maybe I'll just wait until we're off the air. See, see, see you guys all next week. Same bat time, same bat place. I don't know what that means. We've almost gone 15 minutes long. Are you ready? Oh! Three, two. Hello? What are you wearing? Is there anybody in there?